they'll be back in the gym. And so if you take that, all the experience they had, everything they did, it's uh, I just love the future of this program. And, and, and it better be good because the Big Ten's so darn good, you better not stop. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Divine Intervention. It feels like it's been at least six months. I know it hasn't because we did talk about football. Craig, it's good to see you face-to-face. This could be the first time in 2018. I believe it is. I, I know it's the first time in 2018. Yeah. Wow. I feel like we, we go through these ups and downs where it, I'm here and then we're busy. life takes me away. So good we're to be busy. back. Well, luckily we've been giving you some entertainment via the Go Blue crew. We're back on Divine Intervention. The only thing that we can talk about this week really is March Madness, and we'll just get right into it. Just first and foremost, Craig, what do you think about Michigan's seed, number three, playing Montana in Wichita, Kansas? I think it's awesome. I think it's great that they're a three seed, especially because, I don't know, a few months ago we were talking about them not being that high at all, and now to see them on paper as a three seed – uh, it's good. I wish their game wasn't at 9.50 on a Thursday night, but it is what it is, and that's that's where they're at. So uh, I like their chances of, of you know getting through the first couple games and, and moving on. For me, I feel like I'm okay with, with the road that they have to the Final Four. Obviously, you have a North Carolina down there at the two seed. That's tough. Xavier, that a lot of a lot of people think uh, would be tough as well to get to the, the Final Four. But there's also uh, people that say they're one of the weakest one seeds that's been in the tournament in a long time. And and at the end of the day, none of us actually know what we're talking about no. because it's March Madness and things will happen that we could never predict. That's the beauty of it all and also the ugliness. For me, I think it hurts a little bit that they're playing not only at really late at night for, for Eastern time standards, but playing in a region when Michigan State, a three seed, gets to play in Detroit, a game that I will be at, a game that I would love to watch Michigan play. Instead, I don't care who Michigan matchup is at that point. I just would rather see the Wolverines play in Detroit than the Spartans. And me personally, I felt like the Wolverines deserved that spot just because they beat Michigan State twice. Yeah, it would have been nice to have that spot and be able to play in Detroit. Uh, but I feel like John Beeline is very good at putting blinders on to the outside noise and, and just situations that are given to you. I mean, you look at the Big Ten tournament last year and everything they went through, and they were able to rally together. And so maybe they'll use that as, as kind of a, I don't know, something that propels them on a little run here, uh, the fact that they are playing in Wichita late at night on a Thursday. Maybe they can use that to their advantage. What do you think in terms of fans? Obviously, if you, you show up to Detroit, uh, on a Friday night, 7 o'clock, primetime slot like Michigan State has, I expect to see a ton of Spartans, almost almost like a home game atmosphere. When you're looking at Wichita, do you expect Michigan fans to travel well for this team uh, playing games? They play Montana first, and then they'll either match up with Houston or San Diego State if they win. Do you think that quite a few fans will go out? I do. I think that Michigan fans, just as a whole, they travel really well. Um, and I think that there, there's just so many Michigan fans all over the country that there's probably a lot of Michigan fans that live right around that area for whatever reason. Um, and I think that there will be plenty of Michigan fans there. I don't think we have to worry about that. I think you know, it, it could almost feel like a, a home game in the first game or even first couple games for them. I think that if, if they match up with, with Houston, uh, who's the sixth playing sure. 11th San Diego State, I do think that even though kind of a 
I would say a smaller brand, which I'm sure Houston fans would kill me for saying that, but it's not not a like a, a known power five, a big, it's not a Texas, it's not a, an Oklahoma, but they are still close enough to where I think Houston fans will travel. They have a team that um, is exciting and I think that people can be excited about. For me, I, I just see it as just an opportunity, like you said, to just to play some solid basketball. John Beeline doesn't care where he plays. I'm sure uh, he really liked that New York crowd and it being a home crowd there uh, for that Michigan-Purdue game in the Big Ten Tournament Championship. Obviously, that's nice. He made note of that in the, in the post-game interview uh, after they won. And so I don't think you'll see as much of a crowd in Wichita, but I do think fans will travel well. And then if you want to look forward to to them playing in Los Angeles, if they do make it to the Sweet 16, it's a very expensive city to go watch a basketball game. But there are a lot of alumni, Michigan alumni, in Los Angeles, and I think you could probably find some bandwagon fans out there, don't you think? Oh, for sure. And you think about people out there, how often they get to see Michigan no matter what sport it is, how often does does Michigan travel to the West Coast? So maybe they'll use this as an opportunity to go support um, the Wolverines, and I think they're they're an exciting and fun team to root for. So I think your your fat or your comment about bandwagon fans, I think that could definitely come into play. Yep. So just looking at the bracket in general, who do you like? If you could give me two teams you like to win the national championship, who are you picking this year? Oh, jeez, curveball on me, huh? Well, and, and you don't have to. This doesn't have to be your official bracket. No one's going to hold this against you. Just give me two teams that first come to mind when you're thinking about who's got a legitimate shot to win a national championship. The answer could be no one because it's a very tough year to pick. I mean, you can call me a homer, but I picked Michigan to be in the national championship this year. Um, I just think that they, the chemistry that they have going right now or had going late in the season is unmatched in the NCAA right now. Uh, maybe maybe a couple other teams but what they did in the Big Ten tournament was pretty pretty special um, and to do that back-to-back years I think that gave those guys experience for this year and uh, they'll learn from last year's NCAA departure and then on the other side of it I don't I I honestly don't know who to pick on the other side it's like you said it's just such a wide open bracket and I think that's part of why I picked Michigan is because I don't have a better choice and I want them to win yeah for me, when I look on the other side, I look at the East a team that's led by Villanova or a, a side that's led by Villanova and Purdue. No one really there makes me super comfortable with picking someone out of that region, even though both of those teams have shown they can be pretty good. And then you look at the Midwest. The only reason I'm okay with Michigan not playing in the Midwest and playing Detroit is because you have Duke, you have Kansas, you have MSU, you have TCU, who people are really high on. Who's the three or who's the four? Auburn. Auburn and Clemson are teams that people have loved and raved about all year. Two teams that I am going to have trouble picking because I don't watch any Clemson or Auburn basketball. Yep. Those are those are football schools, in my opinion, as people up down south would probably think about Michigan, even though they haven't had the production on the field. So for me, I think at the end of the day, when I look at the bracket, I am thankful uh, outside of my own uh personal loss that I don't get to see Michigan play live. I am thankful that Michigan's over there in the West because the path they have looks easier. It looks achievable. The last thing I kind of want to touch on here is a Michigan-North Carolina rematch. Now, obviously, that game did not go in Michigan's favor at the beginning of the year. I will venture to say that that was not the same Michigan team that you've seen uh, as of late. 
But North Carolina also found a way to get hot at the end and win the entire ACC championship. So I, in my opinion, two very hot teams, uh, one of them that happened to beat Michigan earlier in the season. Yeah, I think uh, just penciling in a bracket, I think that obviously is a game that you circle as a, a must-watch and just a big-time game. Uh, but you know what? In that first game, how many minutes did John Teske play? That's that's my question uh, because obviously what he did in the – in the Big Ten tournament there late was big, and I think about Michigan's run to the championship a few years ago, and not saying he's to this level by any means right now, but you think about that year and Mitch McGarry coming on at the end of the year to, to provide a spark, and I don't know, maybe that's, maybe not to that level, but maybe John Teske comes in and provides that spark, or even Xavier Simpson having those few good games where he provides a, a really good spark. I think to make a deep run, you've got to have a couple guys that can do that at any given time because as we saw in the Big Ten tournament, guys get in foul trouble or certain situations happen, maybe an injury or something happens where other guys are called called on to step up. Um, you think about Spike Albrecht hitting those deep threes in 2013, just guys like that that you don't really hear about all year and then all of a sudden in the, the biggest stage they come to life. So. I think Michigan's got a couple of those guys that can really flip the switch in this tournament. And if that that rematch does come around again, I think Michigan will be a completely different team and they'll be ready to handle it. Yeah, I can echo that 100%. For me, one of the things that people seem to forget is both teams, Michigan and North Carolina, shot lights out for most of the first half. Uh, the score was 51-37. to 37. Uh, the only difference in that game is North Carolina never stopped shooting lights out. They shot 55% from the field, which in a game uh, that early in the season is really, really good. That was a late November game in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And at that time, North Carolina looked like a very, very dominant team. For sure. North Carolina has struggled in games uh, since then and up into the, the ACC tournament where they did turn it on again. Obviously, this is a team that's very dangerous in the tournament, as you could say Michigan is too. But for North Carolina specifically, they're national champions last year. They were in the finals the year before and were one buzzer beater three from winning back to back. And so for me, it's a tough team to play because they have some veterans there that know what it's like not only to be in the tournament, but make big runs and even win a national championship. But I do, I do echo what you say. This is a different Michigan team, and I actually have confidence that Michigan can beat North Carolina in a rematch. For me, it's how can Michigan play at the level they play in the Big Ten tournament over a course of the next couple of weeks to make it all the way to San Antonio. They're a team that can do it, and I have the confidence that they will make it pretty far. But we've also seen, Craig, a lot of times, I'm thinking Nebraska on the road or Northwestern on the road, Ohio State on the road, North Carolina on the road, LSU at the beginning of the year, they are a team that can go five minutes without making a basket, and they don't make free throws very well. I think both of those things will kill you when it comes to the NCAA tournament. I agree. I think that this is a Michigan team, and maybe this has been their Achilles heel in the past few years, but I think this is a team that plays to their opponent. Whoever their opponent is, they play just like them. So if they're playing a lesser opponent, I think we see a a worse Michigan team, a team that doesn't score as much, they don't do as much flash. But in those big-time games this year, the Michigan State games, the Purdue games, uh, I mean, you could even say the Ohio State game at home, they 
they come out and they shine and they do their thing. And I think they know what's at stake here. And I think they, they understand what the experience that they have on the team, that they can make a deep run. Uh, I talked about it, their, their exit last year. I think a lot of those guys are going to learn from it. Um, I know that they're a hungry team and I think they've got the leadership there. And obviously free throws have been a huge question mark for the, the, I don't know, second half, maybe the mm-hmm. whole year. Um, and I think there's no doubt that they've been putting in that the work these last couple of weeks, this off week they've had basically, um, shoring those things up. So very last thing, we're going to get off the Michigan train. Is this the year that a 16 beats a 1? Oh, man. Um, no, I don't think so. Would you like to see it? I would love to see it, yeah. I mean, because Michigan's not a one seed. So. Do you think that it's ever going to happen? Yes. I I thought for sure last year or the year that Middle Tennessee State yep. uh, beat Michigan State yep. was going to be the year. I think when you have a Middle Tennessee State at 15 take down a giant and a two, like a, a powerhouse team like Michigan State, you feel like you're close. But I look at, at the teams. I know very little about every single team that's a 16 seed. Uh, their confidence, who they've played, what quality wins they have, if they have any. And I just don't see it happening. However, I think it'd be even uh, Villanova, someone that I think would, would stir up a lot. It would stir up a lot of emotion no matter who it was, if it was a one seed. But I like it Villanova because of the recent success. And then obviously Kansas and Virginia, big, big schools that have oh, for sure. uh, really, really good history in basketball. And Xavier has good history too, but specifically Virginia and Kansas – I would love to see one of those teams lose. I just don't think we'll see it this year. However, I'm hoping by the time I'm 30, it happens. I think we're closer now than we ever have been just with just how the NCAA is set up now with guys leaving early for the NBA. Um, I think there's more athletes in college athletics than ever before. I think there's you know all-around better players on the teams. It's not uh, these just cakewalk games, I guess. You ha- you literally have to take every game uh, very seriously in order to move on to the next one. So I don't know that it will happen this year, but I think that we're very, very close. Well, with that, we'll end the show. Thank you for tuning in to the Divine Intervention. Make sure to follow us at Wolverine Sounds. Go to wolverinesounds.com. Hopefully we'll be bringing you some incredible tournament content and hopefully – some great football off-season content. Craig, I think we are long overdue for a football podcast with you and I, but also we are just so dry because nothing is really happening in the football world. So I like it that way, though. Yeah, Don't you kind of like that? It's it's different, but I do I like think it. with the way the season ended, you need something positive. So I'll just go right and say it. When Shea Patterson is eligible for this season, I, I think we have a podcast oh, lined for sure. up. Hopefully that'll be soon. I hope so too. Hopefully, hopefully it happens during a, during a nice Michigan tournament run, so we can have two things to celebrate yeah, at the same that'd time. That'd be great. Well, thanks for listening, all. Go blue.